think the beauty about our community in the Blue Valley School District is that we can all work together. You're really always just looking forward to just go back to school. Just to see the pride that people have in Blue Valley School District year after year is so much fun to watch. You can't find this anywhere else. I am so thankful we live where we live and can have our children in the Blue Valley School Systems. Happy New Year, Blue Valley community. This is Tanya Merrigan, proud superintendent of the Blue Valley School District with another edition of our podcast, Unmuted. As we start this new school year, it's hard to believe, but we are already starting to think about enrollment for the 2024-25 school year. And in order to get ready for that, we had to do some things around high school graduation requirements. And we want to talk a little bit about that today. I have two colleagues with me today to help answer some questions, so I'm going to ask them to introduce themselves and tell us a little bit about what they do in the district. So, Scott, you get to go first. Hi, I'm Scott Roberts, and I'm the Executive Director for School Administration. And I serve schools K through 12, schools across the district, and I get to work on other duties as assigned, other tasks, and this was something that I worked on with our our CNI assistant principals at the high school level. And Dr. Kostelik, can you introduce yourself with us? Yes, uh, I'm Ann Kostelik. I work at Blue Valley Southwest. I am the assistant principal for curriculum and instruction. So I've worked closely with Scott and other colleagues to kind of refine the new graduation requirements and think and dream what's the next steps for Blue Valley. So Scott, why did we even make any changes? Our board made some changes in December. Why did we even do that? Well, it was uh, the State Board of Education uh, for Kansas made some changes. So whenever the state board makes changes, we as a local school board and as a school district need to reflect those changes. And so they tasked us with that process. I will say each school district um, had some leeway and had some ownership in how they wanted to uh, follow the the requirements of the state board. And I was excited to see uh, the work that that we did to provide a, a, an outstanding educational experience um, for our high school students. And Anne, when do these go into effect? Does it affect our students immediately? No, it does not. So if you're a current high school student or a parent or a guardian of a current high school student, don't worry. These go into effect with the class of 2028. So that would be our current eighth grade class. Okay. And so they'll learn about these. When, when does that process start? Right. You will start hearing about this as soon as your enrollment process starts, so as close as, you know, next week or within a couple weeks here, the process for enrollment starts with our counseling team, and we work really closely with our middle school feeder system to make sure that we get all of the information distributed to students. All of our high schools have a new eighth graders incoming, new freshman night, I should say. So that's coming up soon for everyone, and all of the graduation requirement information will be given out at those events, too. And Scott, before we start talking about um, the actual changes and what those requirements are, how did we decide um, what we were going to propose to the Board of Education? So we we had our, our guidance from the state where we knew we were going to have to follow that guidance, but we had some leeway. So we went out to multiple groups. In a fun way, we like to call that our roadshow. And so we talked to high school staffs, and we talked to parents um, in our curriculum instruction. We also went to our SBL and our PTO groups to share information and get feedback. We talked to groups of students about this. We talked to our business community through the BEST Committee, um, where we were able to get feedback. Are we, are we really going in the right direction for what we see as the the next iteration um, for graduation, graduation requirements for our students. Okay. So let's dive into these requirements. And so there are a total, Anne, of how many 
um, credits required to graduate? Sure. There are 24 credits to graduate in Blue Valley, and that's actually the same as what it currently is. So the total number of credits does not change. Okay. So let's jump in. The first category is communication arts. So Anne, um, tell me about communication arts. Uh, what it, Or communications, I think is what it's called. Sure. What's required there? Yep. Um, so communications is going to include two different types of graduation requirements. There's our English language arts credits, which we are maintaining a 4.0 number of credits in those. Um, English language arts classes. So typically students enroll in one ELA class per school year. Um, The new addition is a 0.5 communications credit, and that is, again, state-driven, but we're excited about it because communication and being able to make sure that you can get your point clearly across um, the various modes of communication that our students now have an opportunity to engage in. We want to make sure we're creating um, strong communicators moving forward. So that's why the communications requirement is four and a half credits, four in ELA, 0.5 in communications. To add to that, that was a decision that we that we made. We as a district could have embedded that 0.5 communication credit into an English requirement. We felt like the importance of English language arts is one of the essential skills that you need to be a successful graduate and a successful person in the world and so we wanted to keep those four and we feel like we have an outstanding opportunity with areas within our performing arts our 21st century journalism to be able to provide this communications option which is going to I should say requirement which is really going to be beneficial for our students. So the the next category is they title it STEM so Scott why don't you tell us a little bit about STEM. So STEM um, science technology engineering and mathematics and that was this isn't really a change it's a change in name and in in essence we've always had three math credits three science credits they've added a stem elective we've always had electives in there um, one change we did we used to have a technology graduation requirement we've removed that and instead we place that into the stem elective and so we feel like we can um, achieve without making too many changes we're able to achieve this graduation requirement and really just a renaming very easily so and the next category is society and humanities right so again there's not a huge change here it's just a renaming so there's this society and humanities includes two different types of credits there's still three credits of social studies which is not a change from the past and then one credit of fine arts which again is not a change from the past so it's just a renaming and grouping okay and then the final category which employability and life skills kind of puts all of the rest of it together Scott what's that all about these are what we would have just called our electives in the past and so now they've actually put in those specific things the big change we had we had two things we had to make a decision on there was a requirement in financial literacy and we already had a course that was an elective course but now all students will need to take financial literacy and what's interesting there's very few things you get a hundred percent agreement on and every time we talked to any group They felt like financial literacy was something that students needed. Um, And so that was an easy one for us. It was a requirement, but something that we got 100% um, agreement on, that this is something that every student needs before they go out in the world. We also had our, that's where we have our physical education and health. And the state was only going to, only required a a half credit of physical education and a half credit of health. And we could have fulfilled our requirements there. We still felt like physical education is keeping our one full credit, two semesters of physical education was really important. Being able to teach healthy life skills is something that we know is important for any student before they go in the world. And so that was another decision that we got feedback on. And that was another one that was overwhelmingly supportive. People felt like including um, having um, physical, uh, full credit of physical education as well as that health credit was something that was important for our students. Okay. So that will total the 24 credits. But I noticed uh, when I look at the 
the board presentation and what the board approved, they also approved something called post-secondary assets. So Anne, you want to take a stab at explaining what that is? I would love to. I think you can kind of look at post-secondary assets under two different lenses. I see an academic side that would kind of gear towards our students who are looking into attending it, whether a two-year or four-year college. Then there's also a career and real-world side, um, which again could be our college-bound students, but it could also be for students who are interested in going into an apprenticeship or an internship or straight into the workforce or the military. So I really like that there is an all-encompassing nature of this category. It's not trying to fit all students into one specific box, which we know is really impossible when we work with so many unique individuals. So let me give you some examples. We have a lot of students that already meet a a lot of these requirements, but if a student obtains nine college credit hours, that's a post-secondary asset. If they complete 40 hours of community service, that would count as a post-secondary asset. One of my favorites, 90% attendance in mm-hmm. high school. That would be a post-secondary asset. And we have a, a ton of students that meet that requirement right there. Um, it also recognizes advanced placement scores of a three or higher. It recognizes an Eagle Scout, uh, different client-connected projects, some CTE work would end up in resulting in a CTE scholar distinction. CTE is? Thank you, career and technology education. Okay. And also for our students that pursue learning foreign languages or world languages, there's a seal of biliteracy that a lot of our students uh, studying those languages try to pursue, whether through um, proving fluency or through a, a test score through an AP exam. So if students achieve that seal of biliteracy, then that would also count as a post-secondary asset. So Scott, where would they find out all of these? Because Ann just listed a whole bunch of those. (laughs) Is there an easy place for them to see this information? So that will be part of that enrollment information. And, you know, we are are currently determining how we're going to track these Mm -hmm. um, in an efficient way. There'll be students who will be earning. We have current eighth graders who are going to be earning their first post-secondary asset. We anticipate by October, November of their freshman year. So we will track all of those. And this information will be as part of their um, enrollment information from each of their high schools. Okay, and Anne, one last time, how can families learn more information about this, or if they have questions about it, what what should they do? I think your first stop is to attend those new freshman nights, given at all of five different high schools. I think you're going to get probably information overload at those events. And then in the case of information overload, don't hesitate to reach out to your high school. The counseling staff there are incredibly knowledgeable and willing to help all students. Uh, and any conversations that students or families can have with those counselors just starts those counseling family relationships early and those are I think vital to student success so that would be an excellent touch point. So really nothing to be nervous about with new eighth graders am am I accurate in saying that? I think it's exciting I think it's more about exciting you know this is work that as a school district we've already undergone we've started working on a high school study where we're looking at we, were, we had called them market value assets. Mm-hmm. And this is very similar. Instead of a market value asset, these are just post-secondary assets. So how can, you know, I think this helps guide our work to some exciting work in the future for our students as they go through high school. Awesome. Well, I want to thank Mr. Roberts and Dr. Kostelik for joining me today to talk about these updated graduation requirements. And I also want to encourage uh, students and families to attend those enrollment evenings at our high schools and reach out to the counselors if you have questions. It's an exciting time as you begin to enroll in high school. Have a wonderful day, Blue Valley community. Thank you for listening to BV Unmuted, the official podcast of Blue Valley Schools. 